our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your host, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hello, Simran. Hello, Sonia. I just realized I've been away from home for over a year and my accent is still like Kiwi. No Canadian influence here. Well, you do say, yeah, kind of like a Canadian. You're like, yeah? No, I don't. I've heard twangs of it. How else would I know this? Yeah, that's so true. And you say Toronto. You don't say it like Toronto. You say Toronto. Yeah, but that's how everyone should be saying it. I said that before I left. Did you actually? Mm-hmm. Toronto. Was that because of all the YouTube videos that you were watching on moving to Toronto? And TikToks <laughs> and podcasts and Drake interviews. I'm kidding. Drake interview. <laughs> yeah, he's from Toronto. Is he? The six. Yeah. Oh, of course. I'm understanding the Toronto man stereotype a little bit better now. Yeah, it's Drake's fault. I'm so sorry to hear. It's not. They deserve their reputation. I'm kidding. What are we talking about today? Toronto man, are you going to give us a deep dive? No, I'm not. Sonny's like, I would literally rather talk about Elon Musk than anything else. And that's what we're doing today. I'm kidding. Now, before we get into the episode, we want to thank our season sponsor, Rentap. Paying rent is a hassle, but what if we told you there's an easier and more straightforward way? Meet Rentap, your ultimate rent-paying sidekick. No more ATM trips, no more checks, and no more app juggling. Rentap deposits your rent directly into your landlord's account hassle-free. Plus, it's free to you, and your landlord doesn't need an account either. But here's the kick. RentApp doesn't just stop at rent. They're all about helping you build a brighter financial future. There's even an option to report rent payments to boost your credit score, making home ownership more achievable. For our GTI listeners, we've got an exclusive deal. Use our referral link rent.app slash GTI for $50 cash back on your first rent payment. Ready to simplify? Check out the referral link in the description or head over to rent.app slash GTI and make rent a breeze. 
Well, as we all know, AI is not something that has crept up on us. It has yelled in our face. I feel like AI is everywhere. I don't jump on Twitter anymore because it's like, if you're not doing these five AI things for your business, like you're already behind. And I'm like, please let me live. So it's no surprise that AI has been infiltrating so many areas of our lives from voice assistants on our phones to the rise of chatbots. ChatGPT alone has achieved 100 million users in just two months of its launch. So from helping us plan trips to answering emails, the question kind of comes up as does AI play a role in the investing world? Some investors have already jumped on the bandwagon with 20% of American investors having used AI chatbots within the last year alone, which then begs you to wonder, should I also be using AI to make better investment decisions? Should I be using ChatGPT to be the next Warren Buffett? Will I become a billionaire? with AI. In this episode, we'll be covering the history of AI. We'll be going over the background. We'll be going over what evidence there is for using it to make good investments, what evidence there is against it, and how AI stock pickers work. What do you think? I think that this has been a long time coming. I'm surprised that it's taken us this long to talk about this, but I use chat GPT to figure out a recipe for me yesterday, figure out what to make because I had like pasta, I had like something else. And all I had to do was put my ingredients in chat GPT and it turned out, this is what you should do. Here's the method. Do you like this? And I'm like, girl, this is scary. I don't have to think. Oh my God. You love that. I love when I don't have to think. Anywho, I don't think that the concept of having AI picking stocks for people is new in the investment world because robo-advisors have existed for quite some time. For those of you who don't know, a robo-advisor is essentially an automated investment platform and it uses algorithms and computer programs to provide personalized and cost-effective financial advice. And they don't necessarily get information like AI does. They actually have very extensive questionnaires about the user's financial goals, risk tolerance, investment preferences, and based on the data that it's given, and also a very predetermined set of rules from the companies that are offering these services, they create and manage a portfolio of funds. And they're well known because of their lower fees comparatively to using a human or a broker, as we call them sometimes. And some people really love this hands-off approach to investing. You can monitor your investments, usually through very user-friendly interfaces. Most of the time you get rebalancing recommendations to make sure that your portfolio is aligned still with your risk tolerance and goals. And I don't think that robo-advisors were used or seen as a thing to make you completely step back from your investment journey and having your hand in your investment portfolio, but it definitely was appealing to people because, you know, some hardcore introverts, they're like, if I don't need to talk to a human, that sells me. But now you might be thinking, what's the difference between a robo-advisor and AI? And I also did wonder this when we first talked about it. They are related concepts, but I think they 
serve different purposes in the financial industry. Again, robo-advisors are automated investment platforms and they get their information from people in these questionnaires. AI, they... It. AI, they. My God, I'm already humanizing artificial intelligence, guys. I'm gone. I've gone to the other side. Artificial intelligence using their full name. It encompasses a broader range of capabilities and technologies, and that includes machine learning. And they don't really just tap surface level to these algorithms. They go deep into learning algorithms. And AI can analyze vast amounts of data, identify patterns, and based on that, they make predictions. Also, they're able to adapt to changing markets in real time. And right now, AI is being used in high-frequency trading, fraud detection, credit risk assessment, and customer service automation. And I think that we notice that every time we go on any type of website, you will have a little chat bot in the right-hand corner usually that's like, hi, can I help with something? And now people have created things to block those. So this is where we are in the world. Now, look, that might sound like a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo to you, but it will make sense through the examples and the evidence that Sim will take you through. So shall we put some evidence to what I've just said, or have I set AI to be on this massive pedestal? We don't have examples. I mean, you did call it a person. And I think that's so interesting. Well, it shows, you know, like as humans, we trust people over things. We trust a person. Like if I went to a doctor and I had to choose between a surgeon operating on me and a machine, even if you told me that the machine had like a 99% accuracy and the surgeon had a 94% accuracy, I would be like, but I want the touch of a human. <laughs> like there's just something about it. All that to say, what's the evidence? But then again, MRI machines. Well, a human can't look at me and do an x-ray scan with their eyes. Yeah, well, that's what you're saying. No, I'm saying if a surgeon uses their hand. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) Can you imagine if like a human's holding the MRI machine together, someone's just getting paid like those lollipop tradies, like, yes, you can go, no, you can't. And they're just holding this. No, that's a bad thing, right? Radiation. Do you know what? Let's just move on to what the evidence is for an AI investment because this is not a should doctors get moved with AI. Maybe we could do that in the next episode. Now, in 2023, very recently, in March the 6th to April the 28th, people wanted to work out, well, okay, can AI actually do some good in comparison to the average you know, investment portfolio? So what finder.com did is they had three different examples. One example was a 38 fund portfolio, which was created by ChatGPT. Then they compared it with 10 leading investment funds. And then they compared it with the S&P 500, which is the benchmark. The dummy portfolio of 38 stocks by ChatGPT rose 4.9%. The 10 leading investment funds had an average loss of 0.8%, so they didn't even make a gain. And then they compared it with the S&P 500, which rose 3%. So 4.9% versus 3%, it does kind of seem like this example in the short time frame chat GPT or using AI gave you gains. I would argue, however, that this is quite weak evidence. One, it's only over 
two months or not even two months, a month and a half to 38 shares is a very small portfolio. If we were to do this properly, it would probably be like a hundred shares that this fund is made out of. And I mean, anyone in the short term can make a gain. I want to see this comparison long term. So another analysis was taken. It was done by looking at the top 10 most popular funds in the UK. Interactive Investors was used as a benchmark to assess the performance. And then they used chat GPT generated funds. And then they also compared it to funds managed by HSBC and Fidelity. And so those are very, very well known funds in different countries, the UK, US, Canada, they found that AI was able to analyze vast amounts of data quickly. They found that AI didn't succumb to human emotions like greed or fear. And there was a few other benefits that they recognized. And it made you realize that there are some benefits of why you might want to invest. Particularly, it can adjust strategies based on new data, but more importantly, it is cheaper and it can automate processes a lot faster. So you're saving time. The data or the analysis is a lot better. Humans do make errors. That doesn't mean data doesn't make errors. And when AI makes errors, we call that hallucination. So if AI was like, put all your money into I don't know, like this one penny stock, that's a hallucination. That's not a good investment. But I can't find any long-term, longitudinal study, any study that makes me think, okay, over this course of five years, AI has outperformed because it just hasn't existed long enough in this context to say if it's better than you know, something like an S&P 500 benchmark. I like how you've provided such a balanced argument for both. You're like, I don't want to come across that I'm loving AI too much. I want to love it. I want there to be an app where I just put my investments in and then it beats the market and I make a lot of money. I wish my answer to this was delete the podcast, download <laughs> ChatGPT, you're good to go. <sighs> Listen, I think we're all about the instant gratification things. And we could really do like a few different episodes on how it's like hurting us as humans and as a generation. But do we need to go into that now? I'd love for you to give me like your reasons why you wouldn't invest in AI. Because even though I'm kind of trying to be balanced, I think I'm definitely for it. But if someone's trying to determine if they should or shouldn't, what's some reasons against using AI stock picking? I think there's many, <laughs> but I think the one of the most I guess popular reasons that people don't trust AI or want to use AI is because of lack of human judgment and also the lack of emotional intelligence as well. There's a book called Prediction Machines by Ajay Agarwal and he is an economist. A lot of his research is on innovation, more specifically technologies and innovation and how technologies are impacting just the world around us. And he writes extensively through his research that two of the things that we need to make decisions are judgment and prediction. And I think the prediction side of things we trust AI with a bit in terms of it can analyze mass amounts of data, it can look at the past. I mean, that's what brokers do as well, right? And AI turns around at a faster rate than a human can. But because of this like lack of emotional intelligence and the lack of judgment per se, like you need to tell AI what to do. 
you need to give them instructions and a set of tools and they're providing you clinical answers almost. And I think no matter how many questions that you answer, it's still not going to know you or empathize with you or understand you or try figure out all these different things based on your financial goals. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple, increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Does that make sense? Mm, it does. Yeah. Another reason why I feel like using AI could be a bit of a con is the technology risk that you spoke about. It can expose everyone that's using it to system failures, data breaches, errors in the algorithm. Like we don't know enough about it to completely have it take over our portfolios. There's also data bias and noise. So the algorithms that AI uses can be influenced by biased or some people call it noisy data, and that can lead to flawed investment choices. For example, if AI picks a stock that is maybe not aligned with your ethics and values because it hasn't like talked to you enough or it hasn't asked a particular question, that is also an offset. I think Overall, it just comes from a lack of knowing and a lack of being able to predict accurately. And no way is it going to predict the stock market as accurately as other devices that we've been exposed to in the past or like humans. No one can, guys. There's no shortcuts to this. Oh, interesting. What a statement. Yeah. And what about it? No, it just it's interesting. Well, I guess I never thought about it like that. <laughs> Was that a nervous laugh? It is a nervous laugh. Just like discredit everything that I say. Go. Do it. Go against it. Oh, is that why you're nervous? Because you think I'm going to like attack your points? Wow. I promise we have a healthy work culture. <laughs> All right. We do. I don't have anything to disagree with you. I mean, you're right. Like the lack of human intuition, the glitches, the over-reliance, and obviously like the data privacy breaches. It came out like at the time of recording that the guy that wrote the Game of Thrones books, he's suing ChatGPT right now. Like he's put in a filing to say they used his book as part of the training of AI. And so it just makes you wonder, well, 
for AI to get good at picking stocks for you, it has to have access to all these good investment decisions and therefore it has to have access to people's financial decisions and their data. And like, I don't know about you, but I don't want it to see my bank account. I don't want it to see my investment choices. I don't want to see that time that I bought all those shares during an IPO and then they dropped and I was like, that's embarrassing. I guess you'd really have to believe in the outcome for you to just like lay it all out on the table for AI. Like all of those warnings, accept, 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 like take all my passwords and everything. Like what do you think that this machine's going to do, you know? Exactly. Now you might be wondering, okay, I'm seeing some pros, I'm seeing some cons, maybe some more cons than pros, but how does it all work? Because like it's hard to make a decision on something if you don't understand the underlying model of it. Like what do I do when I type in, hey, what share should I buy? And what churning happens behind the scenes for it to then give me an answer? Because if I can understand how it works, I can look for those flaws better or I can look for the limitations better. So in a normal investing environment, a typical investment fund is a basket. It pulls money together from different investors and it's overseen by a fund manager who decides where they're going to allocate that money. Now, the best stock picking services, what they use is just algorithms and machine learning. Algorithms are basically saying if this happens and we do that, if that happens and we do this. Machine learning is when a machine gets so much data that it starts to predict what's happening next based on seeing, let's say like there's a lot of machine learning going on in healthcare and I used to be in healthcare so it's an easy example to share but you know when you go to the eye doctor and they take a photo of the back of your eye, if you sent a machine a hundred photos and said to that machine all of these are healthy eyes and you have to do the work first to determine that and you send the machine a thousand photos and say all of these have diabetic retinopathy which means that these eyes are bleeding inside, can you learn and pick out without me telling you why that is? The more photos of the diabetic eyes you show it, the more the machine can pick up little like smaller examples of it and healthier eyes that maybe we can't pick up. So imagine doing that, but with stock analysis, selection process, data like historical price movements, earning reports, market sentiment, news events, all of that. And the idea behind it is you hope that the computers can identify patterns and trends that the human analyst may have missed in the same way that the eye doctor might look into an eye like when I used to do diabetic retinopathy screenings and I would look into people's eyes like you have to try your best to like find any tiny little micro bleeds or we call them cotton wool spots little areas where the tissue has died but in saying that like I'm sure the very smallest ones even the most trained human eye can't pick up so why AI software is becoming so popular is they're trying to see, can it outperform the market based on these factors? The most interesting part of it is like a person, I can only look at one eye per 15 minutes. The fund manager, they can only look at as many investments as the size of their team. Now imagine a stock picker being able to evaluate thousands of stocks simultaneously for obviously a huge fraction of the cost that doesn't have countless hours. So in theory, the way it works sounds great. All that to say though, do you think that it is the future of investing? And do you think at this stage right now, end of 2023, we should be using AI to pick our investments? I think that is a fabulous question. I think some people get really riled up and they feel like they have to make these black and white decisions of like yes and no. 
I like to, and this is what is comforting to me as soon as I accepted this fact, and I view AI as a tool, a resource to make sure that I'm a little bit more productive. You know, it's not something that's going to completely replace something. AI is not going to cook for me. It gave me an idea for a recipe that I could, you know, cook a dinner tonight using it. It's not actually standing there cooking for me, but it saved me a whole bunch of time, like probably an hour with my culinary skills and my, I guess, culinary school of thought. Like these recipes don't jump out to me. I can't like look into a fridge and be like, oh, I've got an onion and avocado and like this. What do I make, you know? And I think... Can I jump in? Yeah. Apparently a really good tip for like cooking is if you say to ChatGPT, I've got an onion, I've got a tomato and I've got this in my fridge. Can you make me a recipe based off that? Yeah. Isn't that so interesting? That's what I did. That blew my mind. (laughs) That absolutely blew my mind. (laughs) But that's what I mean. Like people use ChatGPT to be more productive with their times. It's not like they're trying to... Well, okay, I don't doubt that some people try to get out of things by using ChatGPT, but AI shows up in a lot of different forms. It shows up, you know, like autopilot, like pilots use that to drive planes, to fly planes, I should say. To be honest, I think they use it all the time. They don't have to manually let you know overhead, like, hey, guys, we're switching the plane on to fly by itself. They just do it. I thought you were going to say flight mode. Hey guys, we're switching the plane on flight mode. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's like this whole theory going around, like a whole bunch of people don't even put their phones on flight mode and they're like, it's fine. I was on a flight the other day and if anyone's flown with me, you will know that as soon as I get on the plane, I just knock out because I just find airports so tiring and I'm just always low on iron to begin with. And I like fell asleep on a plane half an hour into the flight to Fiji. I realized that my f- I hadn't turned it off on flight mode. I was so scared. And what happened? The plane cr- No, obviously nothing happened, but I was so embarrassed by it. Yeah. We've probably got people yelling at their phones right now. Like, no, this is why you need to keep your phone on flight mode. You should. You should. Yeah, you should. We're not advocating that you shouldn't, but I'm just saying. I remember once my brother like didn't put his phone on flight mode and I almost had a meltdown because I thought that he was going to cause our plane to crash. And I was like, put it on flight mode. And he was like, nothing happens. I was like, put it on flight mode. Like, don't risk my life like that. Just be respectful, okay? You know, we're in someone else's aircraft. You just want to get to point B safely. Just do it. It's not going to cost you your life. Or it might. So, Well, yeah, I was going to say. Interestingly, if I was considering the same questions that I've asked you around, like, should we be investing in AI? Is it ready now? Should we be waiting? A study by Finder in September 2023 found that 8% of UK adults have already used ChatGPT for financial advice. 20% of them would consider using it, but they haven't done it already. And yet a much bigger percentage, 35%, said that they wouldn't be using a chat box to help them make any decisions about their money. So it's like a third are like, hell yes, a little bit over a third are like, hell no. And I think the other third are like, what's chat GPT? Like we've got a range here. 
For myself personally, I agree with you. It's like a crutch. It's something that you can use in aiding your decision. For example, like in our investing masterclass, when we look at annual reports, annual reports are sent out by the company that's doing it. Let's say Meta sends out an annual report and they're like, these are all the really good things about Meta. And one of the things we teach in the masterclass is there's some keywords that you look for, things like breach and litigation, and that lets you work out the little fine details or fine points where a company might like have some more red flags, but it's in this 90 page document about how good the company is. So it's hard to find. So we usually just like control find and search up words. Imagine if I could put that document into chat GPT and then just say, Hey, what are some red flags that this company has put in this 90 page document that I should be aware of? Like I see it helping in that way. I don't see it telling me what's the next top five hot stocks to invest in for 2024. I just went through all of my like chat GPT chats. Like what have I asked this AI to help me with? I've literally asked like, hi, I hope you're well. No. (laughs) Stop it. You might as well use the Snapchat one then. Hi, I hope you're well. I need help figuring out how I can write myself a five-year plan for my life. It should have categories and be realistic. Thank you, exclamation point. It did seven steps. And at the end, it's like, remember a five-year plan is a guide, not a rigid roadmap. Life can be present, unexpected, and opportunities and challenges will arise. So be flexible and adaptable as you navigate your journey. Best of luck with your planning. That is so funny. Do you know what mine is? Mine is like, hi, ChatGPT, here is my diary because I have like an online diary. Can you please summarize my thoughts in a way that comes from a third party? And it'll be like, the author seems distressed about... And then it's like, the author is encouraged to reach out to friends, family, and professional help if she feels that her... And I'm just like, okay. Here's a question for the audience. Will chat GPT replace therapists? <laughs> no, 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 it won't. No, because I like use it to turn up to therapy with like so much introspection. And I'm like, yeah, AI did that for me. That's what I mean. It's a resource. It's a tool. We're using it in every other part of our life. Why wouldn't I do a cheeky, hey, what should I do this year <laughs> with my money? All right. I feel like this is a really great place to wrap up. So we kind of talked about the background with ChatGPT and AI. It's not new. Robo-advisors have existed for a while. Algorithms have been here to analyze data. There is a lot of evidence to suggest that ChatGPT and other AI providers are beating the share market, but they're very short-term studies they're using probably not the best analysis that I've seen and there's reasons for it I mean there's accuracy there's data analysis the emotionless decisions time saving adaptability then you've got things like your human intuition glitches reliance or over-reliance and of course the ethical concerns so at the end of the day should you be using chat gpt to make your investments can we start i think find ways to do things that you would normally do faster but don't lean on it at the stage to make your entire investment portfolio that is where your brain still shines thank god but 
Look, if there's any updates on something that does it all for you and does it well, you will hear it from me first because I'm looking just as much as you are. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, if we've been able to help in any way, please, all we ask is take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram story, send this episode to a friend. We've all got that one friend obsessed with ChatGPT. I feel like I'm the friend in my family. I've got an uncle like that as well. Probably will send this to him. And with that, I'll see you next week, Sonia. See you next week, Sam. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with the disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Always do your research and please do your due diligence.